Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I I am excited about uh, this period of of time in in our church uh, for the next 21 days and beyond, of course. And uh, it's interesting because as I uh, work with the the team here and we're developing different things and and you kind of get in the... uh, in the throngs of doing all these things, and then all of a sudden today is here, and I just felt a, an excitement this morning when I came in here and uh, preparing for it. I don't, it's sometimes hard to, to feel that because you just don't know, you, but you know that the Holy Spirit's at work. And I, my heart was just so, um, uh, I suppose, I'd say, uh, touched for, um, for this church, for this, the congregation, for you people that are here. Uh, such a heart to see the power of God work in you and in your lives. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the things that God wants to do this morning. And just when we were doing a review, and take a look out at the front, by the way, there's a, a through the years thing there. And it, we, we put up uh, 10 years of uh, our 21-day focus that we do in the fall. There's uh, the, I guess, the, what do you call it, the logos and the, the, the faces of whatever it was that we did through those years. Take a look at those. It's pretty interesting, and maybe some of you will remember those. Hopefully you do, those of you who are here. But I know I talked to some people, and they're like, man, I don't remember that year. <clears throat> That's okay. We actually probably still have information about that. Uh, so take a look at that. Then last year, of course, we celebrated our 50 years at uh, City Life Church here in history. It started out as Evangel Chapel. Pastor Earl and Leanne Bradley planted a church a worshiping Holy Spirit-filled led church back in 1966, uh, and it's amazing what God has done over the years and is continuing to do. Amen. And so we want to continue to honor them in their planting and sowing, sowing seed and seeing God water it through the years, and we are <laughs> blessed to be a part of that. I um, want to talk this morning just uh, about a few things, but I want to... Uh, talk about maybe the transition in Acts, where we see um, basically what it means to us. And then we're going to talk about um, Ignite a little bit. We're going to talk about Matthew 7, 7, Ask, Seek, and Knock. And so there's uh, several things that we're going to run through this morning, but just get us kind of primed and ready. And I'm going to, in the middle of my message somewhere, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. You will be getting one of these before you leave today. Just a little brochure that helps helps us in the process of our 21 days. But uh, what are we looking for from God? What are we looking for in the next 21 days? And what are we looking for to accomplish uh, as individuals and as a church? Um, I believe to certainly to experience the supernatural power of God is certainly, I believe, number one on my heart that I just, God, I just want to experience more of you, your supernatural power. We want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. We want to see uh, what happened in the upper room. We want to see whatever, all of these things that to be released upon the church, and also in the process that I want to be transformed. Yes. I want to see you be transformed into who God's called you to be and created you to be. And I believe that we're at that place, and we're going to experience miracles. And <clears throat> there's 
if I could even speak this prophetically in a sense that God gave me this picture of our church and the people in the church, and there are some, uh, many people in the church that have faced some really difficult challenges in your life, and you're probably still in the middle of those challenges. And I, I just, God showed so clearly to me and said, if my church will take seriously what God is wanting to do, what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in us, if we get on this journey together and we invest ourselves in what he's wanting to do, and if you discipline yourself and you, you take the necessary steps to, to go deep with the, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, and in, there is going to be uh, incredible uh, multiplication of blessing and answer and response back to you of whatever your challenge, whatever your situation, whatever you're faced with, it's going to be good. I'm going to tell you that right now because God is nothing but good for us. But the other, the warning is if you're coming in today and you're carrying these burdens, but if you don't heed the Holy Spirit to respond to his promptings, Three weeks from now, three months from now, three years from now, you're going to be still going around that circle saying, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. Uh, uh, Whatever it is. But I just want to encourage you as best I can this morning, jump in with both feet. You might say, well, I've tried this before. What's, What's a better answer than going after the power of the Holy Spirit and pursuing him and and everything that he has for us? He is our answer. We must trust him. Our faith must be in him because it can't be in anything else. So I just want to encourage you this morning uh, in that regard. Because people can say the sinner's prayer and never really experience the full abundant life of what a believer is is called to, uh, to experience. So maybe you're in that place where you're like, man, I've never really experienced a real deepness in in relationship with God and understanding that. This is your opportunity to do that as as there's things that will help you and guide you through that. And we're called to be the church, not just be in a church or be part of a church. We're called to be the church. Amen? The Old Testament, God's presence was something that only got to be experienced by very few. It was a high priest or maybe at the burning bush. There was a couple times where his presence was fully experienced. Something that we don't understand exactly what that is because we haven't had to do that. It's the church. We we can experience the fullness of his presence, the fullness of his glory because we're carriers of his presence. He lives in us 24-7. We don't have to go to some place and hope to get in there to experience it. We have it. It it would be like, uh, since some of us are Seahawks fans, so it would be like going up to the stadium and being outside before game time, and you get to experience some of the uh, things that are going on, maybe food and different things that are going on, but when it comes to the game time, you don't get to go in. That, that's what it would have been like back then. I, I can't imagine everything in me, I want to be a, I want to go into the game. But guess what? We get to go into the game. We get to go into his presence. We are there. there there's, no, there's no excuse, there's no reason why, as believers, we can't be fully engulfed with him and his Holy Spirit. 
God is, he's invading. He, he, he's coming, and he's coming at a, an, an incredible rate. He wants to release his presence, and it's through us in so many cases because we are carriers of his presence. Where we go, his presence goes with us. You know, if, if we're looking to accomplish things in our community, or in our families, in our neighborhoods, we don't have to look any farther than ourselves. But are we equipped? Are we ready? Have we gone deep in him? Is, is our relationship with him in such a way, such a place, that wherever we are, there's an outflowing, there's an overflowing of who he is in our life. And we don't even have to say anything more times than not. I had recently had an experience where I was uh, in a situation where uh, uh, I, I, I met another person, and immediately I could tell that the the the, the um, I would say the spiritual connection in the sense of it, I could tell it wasn't there in the sense of knowing. Um, hey, because a lot of times you know somebody else you run into a believer, and, and there's something that kind of you're like, hey, yeah, oh yeah, you too, oh. Awesome, great, you know. But in talking, and in some people, you're just like, no, there's not a chance. But I sure hope that we are not out there giving that perception or, or feeling that we are so in into our problems and our muck and mire, and that we carry ourselves in a way that people can't even see through our muck and mire to see that there is the power of God that is alive and well. And so we want to be able to express ourselves in such a way that people can see that, that Jesus in us, amen? amen? His presence goes with us, so we understand that. This, this really is a place where we value people and not valuing our possessions or our conveniences over people. Because we can get so caught up in everything else but it really is about people. And it was for Jesus from, from the very beginning was about people. I want to take a quick look in the book of Acts for a minute. Knowing that we can't duplicate what happened in the early church. We can't duplicate what happened in the upper room. But there are some incredible principles and, and defining moments that we can look at and say, wow. That would be so cool. Guess what? We get to experience those things if we begin to pursue him like we've never pursued him before. I, I believe it, it, does it cost us something? Probably, but it's a good cost. It really is a good cost because of the, the end, end, end game in this is an amazing thing. This is, can be very pivotal for our lives individually as we're pursuing him. And there was something powerful that happened that day, there was something powerful that happened that ignited. <laughs> there was an igniting that happened Amen. in that upper room. And what happened with uh, uh, Jesus and the disciples. And there was a shift coming. There was a huge shift coming. Jesus was spending 40 days uh, after uh, his resurrection. So we, we understand what happened to the cross. But then we had the resurrection. And then Jesus began to spend time with his disciples and preparing them. Because there was a shift coming. There was something that was going to change. But Jesus knew this was going to be for the better. And I can imagine that the disciples were probably in real angst and concern. It's like, boy, I don't know, Jesus, you can't, you can't go. We need you. But yet they probably fully understood as well their assignment, which is I've prepared you. I have, you're ready. 
I'm going to go be with my father, and this needs to happen because I'm going to send you a helper, or the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to live within you, and you're going to go, and you're going to rock the world. You, you are going to do way more. Because if Jesus was there, they were just going to continue to huddle around him and follow him everywhere. But he went to be with his father. He said, no, you need, I'm going to kick you out of the nest. You need to go do this. We're the church. We're, the, we're really the same. He's coming to us today and he's saying, come on. Come on, go deep with me. The Holy Spirit is residing in you. Let's, let's do this thing together, and you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit going with you. Yes. They stood poised, eager, probably hesitant, but they must have knew they had to move on. Jesus is building a victorious church. I want to tell you that. He is building a victorious church. And a victorious, a victorious church is a joyful church. Yes. The joy of the Lord needs to be our strength. We, 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 we can't continue to walk around with a sad face or, or dejected or down or downtrodden or feel just beaten down. We have to say, if I am part of the kingdom of God, if Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and last week we talked about how much he loves us and our love in return for if that's really what's going on, then we need to be a joyful people. We need to walk around saying, man, God is so good. You could be in the middle of the worst storm in your life, but he's right there. He, he's in the storm. He's carrying you through it. He's going to see you through that. Acts chapter 4, verse 30 and 31. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, then they preached the word of God with boldness. What happened? Transformation happened. Something happened. All of a sudden, they got a connection of the Holy Spirit's power, and they got a hold of that. And it, what happens? It, it causes them to go out. Man, we're going to go take this thing with boldness. We're taking it to our community. We're, no more of this woe is me, and what about my problems, and what about this? They're like, man, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about delivering his word, spreading the good news. Signs, wonders, and miracles authenticate who God is. They do. And they still do today. And I believe there's nothing wrong with saying we want to see it. We want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. But we're not going to do that unless we pursue him so much saying we want. It's like a, a, a kid that one of our kids growing up, they were so relentless in asking for something. And you would say, no, not right now. And they would, like a 30 seconds later, can I do it now? Can I do it now? Can I do it now? No, no, no. And eventually, it's like, oh. But we need to pursue God just like, you know, uh, tenacity. Saying, God, <clears throat> we believe this. We believe what your word says. We're going after this. And, and be tenacious about it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grips. Amen. We believe God wants to do miracles in our lives. 
Jesus didn't overcome the agony of the cross just to watch people get by. No, no. He, he said, I, I'm putting it all on the line, but I'm going to put it on the line because I want to bless people. I want to see people healed. I want to see them uh, 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 prosper. All of these things. He had good in his heart for us. It was his joy to go to the cross. Why? Because he knew, and the end result was what was going to happen was millions of people were going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the joy for him to have suffered. <clears throat> and sometimes we wimp and cry about a little suffering. But we, we need to join him in his sufferings at times. We go through these things. But I tell you, it's for a purpose. There's something that is much greater than what we think for our situation. And believe me, I understand our situations, when we're in the middle of those it doesn't seem like there's anything else out there that's worse or, or, or we care about. We get caught up in our thing and we forget about <clears throat> flat out the goodness of God and who he is. I just want to take a couple of moments. I want to talk about this and you're going to receive this uh, here at the end of the, my message. Um, but this is our 21-day challenge uh, that I've got and it's listed in here. I'm just going to say it real quick, but you can read it in here. But first of all, I just felt like as the Holy Spirit was prompting me putting this together, the first thing is, in the morning, spend the first 15 minutes of your morning with him in his presence. Get that for 21 days, because we're going to create a habit here, okay, a good habit. First thing you're going to do, spend 15 minutes with him in his presence. I don't know if you need to put on worship music or what you need to do. Now, you're not allowed to go into your requests this time and go into, God, here's my problem. Here's, this is not a place for that, okay? This is a place for being in his presence, loving him, and thanking him for who he is and what he is in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on. Spend time with him. Spend time in his presence so you can begin to hear what he's wanting to say to you. So spending time, honestly, I'll tell you, spending time in his, in his presence is the antidote to your challenge or your problem. Yeah. It really is. It, it's amazing because we don't think that way, but that's just how he works. Then you're going to read and meditate on scriptures for each week that are listed in here. We do this each day. Pray daily for your breakthrough. Whatever that is, you need to write down, God, I'm believing for this in my life, and I'm going to go after this for the next 21 days and guess what? There's other people in the church that are going to be praying with me for 21 days, whatever it is, because you're more than welcome to send us your personal issue if it's something that you want to say, hey, I want people praying with me about this, my disease, my sickness, my challenge, whatever it is. And we want to do this together. So you're going to pray daily for your breakthrough, and then we're going to, you're going to also pray daily for corporate breakthrough, for, for City Life Church, that this church will become a a lighthouse for the unbelievers, for people in, the, in, in this area who are, are going the wrong direction. But it's our light that's going to help shine to bring them. But we want to pray for breakthrough. And then watch the one-minute videos. They're not, I'm not a professional at this, but you, I, what those will help you in is the one-minute videos every day uh, is going to help supplement some things here because I can't say all of the things from here. It would take too long. But just one minute a day, get a little bit of a supplement and there'll be a word or two that, that are connected with that that help take you through the process because the first week is ask. Second week is seek. Third week is knock, okay? We're gonna read that scripture here in a moment. So we go through that. And then, so there's, there's things in here that are specific to that. 
Also included on the back is what we refer to as a Daniel fast, because it's not, we're not asking you to fast for 21 days from food and water and all that stuff, but a Daniel fast, basically, fasting from the things that are keeping you from pursuing his presence, things that will detract or sidetrack you. Maybe you, instead of going to a movie theater, uh, you, you spend time in his presence. Maybe there's whatever it is that God's talking to you about. I'm not telling you what you need to do that with, but the other thing is also food. Let, let's take a break from junk, okay? Let, let's do it for 21 days. I've had great testimonies in this in the past where people said, man, I had this physical illness or situation and, and now I feel great after 21 days. I've, I stayed off sugar, I stayed off junk food, whatever it is. This gives us an opportunity to, for our spirit to tell our body, get in line, come under submission. Because how many of our bodies are controlled? It's like we can't say no to our bodies so many times. I, I want to challenge you for 21 days, say no to some of those things. And, and God will come through for you in your situation. So that, that is that. And when you get to the place where you're praying for your breakthrough, uh, start with just bringing your situation to the foot of the cross, to the feet of Jesus. Just say, God, I, I can't do this. I'm laying it at the cross. I'm asking you. I'm asking you, take this from me. And then as you begin the process, you know, and you're asking God, take the burden of my situation. Because he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He didn't tell us we had to carry it. He said, give it to me. Give it to me. And then, um, because we absolutely believe in the sovereign power of God, don't we, in, in that regard. So let's jump real quick to Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. I'm going to read a few verses here, but that's our focus. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give you good gifts, give good gifts to those who ask him? This, this, is, yeah, this is where we're going to really dig deep in this, the ask, the seek, and the knock. And this week, starting today, really in the asking process, asking process, because sometimes we get eager to jump in and just going after, God, I, don't, I just want to get the answer from you. And maybe he wants to take you through a process. He wants to teach us some things. He wants us to really under, fully understand who he is in our life so that we can count on him no matter what our situation is. There's a verse in Matthew 6, 7. It says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. And that's basically called praying with vain repetitions, with the wrong attitude, the wrong heart. Uh, it's it's uh, a prayer that in, in praying in a maybe a prideful or demanding way or, or a religious or a, a, a legalistic way of just, well, this belongs to me and I deserve it and I'm just going to do it. We, our heart has to be in the right place when we're praying. And, and we need to come humbly but yet confident to him in our prayers. Humbly but yet confident. Our prayer life is really born out of our dependency on him. Yeah. 
if we didn't have to depend on him, then why would we pray? How many of you here have, you, you have to depend on him. You need to depend on right? How, about half of you. Hopefully the rest of you will figure that out in 21 days that you're going to need to depend on him. It, it really means living in a constant state of prayerful dependence on God. That's what our life should be. You know, when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean you, you go in your prayer closet and pray for 24 hours straight. What it means and what it means to me personally is throughout my day, I am always, God, what do you think about it? God, what are you saying? And, and, and that's kind of your dialogue throughout the day. And sometimes we just get so into everything else, we, just, we, we lose that connection. But if we get in the habit of depending on him and praying and seeking him daily, it's just a, a, a constant state of that. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. We need to make sure we're asking God for what he wants for us. Because we can get caught up in our selfishness. And God, this is what I want. And our motives aren't correct in the process. He's saying, even if, even if you ask, but if your motives aren't right, your heart isn't right, God is a good enough God that he doesn't give us sometimes those things. It's just like in the scripture we read. If your child asks for, to play with a sharp knife, just because they ask for it, your good parenting will say, I'm not giving my two-year-old that sharp knife, even though they want it. But, but that's, not, <laughs> that's not what you're going to do for them. And, and God is faithful to us. And some, and, and, but we need to make sure that we're asking, say, God, what, what is your will for me in this situation? God, I know what your word says. So his, will, his word is his will, right? So you can take his word for what his word says. And you start looking up scriptures and do homework on that, on whatever your situation, your challenge is, find scriptures because they're there for you. And begin to declare those. Begin to write them out. Begin to speak them. I talked about a few weeks ago about the power of a spoken word. It's good to speak out things. For one, the best thing is that you're hearing it. God already knows what it is, but you're hearing it and the enemy's hearing it. And the enemy doesn't like when we start speaking the word of God. He hates it. For each command, because we, we read last week about the commands to love and how important that is, uh, but for each command, there is, there is a promise. I like this. Well, last week, we talked the command to love and be obedient to God, because there's, there's something we do besides just love. There's an obedience process, and there's a committing ourselves to him firmly. That's part of the command that he gives us, but he also says, if you do these things, I will prosper you, and I will bless you. A lot of times we don't like the command. We don't like the command to be obedient part, and it doesn't always feel good. But but it's easy because it's laid out for us very clearly. If you do this, I will do this. So many times we want to jump the my part to just God. You just do your part, and we need to allow Him to work in us. We do our part. Yes. We talked about Deuteronomy chapter thirty, verse nineteen and twenty, saying that the key to our life is loving God, obeying Him and committing ourselves firmly to him. Those, that's a huge key to our life. It's right there in the, in the Bible. 
that helps us if we're looking for keys. And, and as we move into Matthew 7, 7, uh, we begin to focus on how we can see, uh, uh, effectively see and pursue God's answers to our challenges. He will show us as we spend time with him. He'll begin to show you. And if we follow what he's telling us to do, we will see some good things happen. Amen. So we see this, ask, seek, and knock. And really in one word, when we say ask, seek, and knock, one word could in, sum it up as pray. <laughs> pray. You know, that's what, that's what he's after here. Pray often. Pray with sincerity. Pray, be committed to it. Be serious. Um, pray again. <laughs> Make a conscious effort to continue to pray. Be, be committed to that and just keep doing it. Keep, keep doing it. And in all sincerity, we come to him. And, and it makes a lifestyle, <coughs> excuse me, a lifestyle of prayer. And we need to be earnest in that. And we know that God, his generosity toward us is amazing because we don't understand it. We can't not comprehend his generosity, but we know it's there it, it, to have our understanding of it. So ask. That's what we're doing this week. We're, we're, we're focusing on ask. And it's really pre- presenting our desires or our burdens to, to God. And, and we're looking for his support, really. God, you, boy, I need you because I can't do this on my own. And, but we make sure we're praying according to his promise. Um, it's like uh, somebody who's traveling asking for directions. They don't know where they're going. They stop, hey, do you know where so-and-so is, place is? Oh, yeah, I go down here and turn right, and you get down there. It's like, well, I haven't got there yet, but I really don't know, so you go back again. You get a little bit, and all of a sudden, you're arriving at this place. And so it, a lot of times, we, we don't know the answers, right? But we, in our prayers, we're inquiring of God. God, I, I don't know the answers, but I'm inquiring of you. Lead me, guide me, whatever your situation is as you're going down. And, and the Greek definition of this word ask, there's, there's a few words that can be used. Beg, crave, desire, call for, or require. There's, there, however you need to, and as long as you're doing it with the right heart and the right attitude, you're, you're going after this and you're, you're being diligent in it. God knows our heart. We ask for what we want. We seek for what we can't find, and we knock for what we feel ourselves are shut out from. And those are the reasons that we're going through this process. We want something, so we're asking. We're seeking something. We're seeking what we can't find, and then we're knocking because there's something we haven't got the answer to. It seems like it's on the other side of the door. We just can't get to it, so we're going to talk about that, too, as we go through as you watch the videos to see the process. Uh, a couple more scriptures here. One, uh, if the uh, encounter, if you guys want to come back, and Jennifer, the team. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. We have to remember what these verses say. But Jesus, he's qualified as a perfect high priest for us. He came the source of our eternal salvation. Psalm 37, 4 through 5. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Do you know that your heart's desires are his desires that he puts within you? Yes. They are because he gives you those. 
Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. That's a big, that's a big one right there. Trust him. Say this. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Say it again. Okay, that's good. You need to hear it, and we need to hear it. And he will help you. Psalm 20, verse 4 and 5, the last scripture here. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. We are going to raise some victory banners in this house. Yeah, each one of you are going to have a banner you're going to be able to raise. Start preparing your testimony in advance. Start writing it out in faith, believing there's a banner you're going to raise. No longer believe the lies of the enemy, that you're defeated, that you're not going to get through the situation, that this challenge is too big for you. We owe everything to him. He made the cross available to us. So we need to bring our needs, our challenges, all the trials, all of the things, we need to bring them to the cross, to the foot of Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to do that right now in the sense of you and God. You and God. And I also would say when you go home, write, make sure you write this stuff out. This is what I'm faced with right now. Write it out. And this is what you're going to be bringing to the Lord as you go deeper in your relationship with him. And you're bringing it and you're saying, I got to put it, I have to put it at the feet of Jesus. Because we need to let, we need to let those things go. We need to release them. Because we so want to fix things. We so want to make things right ourselves. But it's not us that's going to do it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. His blood ran red. <laughs> he died for our sins. He died that we would have life. Let's make the best use of what he's done for us. Give him the opportunity to take this from us. We're going to sing this last song as we close this morning. And if you want to come to the altar, whatever, if you want to kneel, whatever you're, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, requiring you to do anything specific except you need to give it to him. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 